Hi, everyone. I am so excited to announce that this podcast, as well as our Main Street Monday series, is now sponsored by the podcast Rooted in Retail. Rooted in Retail is a podcast created by the tremendously talented Crystal Volkaitis of Crystal Media, who I'm proud to call a dear friend and a Heart on Main Street board member. Rooted in Retail is all about helping independent retailers thrive in an ever-evolving retail landscape. From marketing to mindset, money to merchandising, and sales to leadership, they cover it all. There are new episodes every week featuring industry leaders and accomplished retailers who share their real-life insights and actionable advice. If you like this podcast, you will absolutely love Rooted in Retail. New episodes come out every Sunday. I've listened to every episode and have learned so much. Her conversations have pushed me to think differently, try new things, even if I might be afraid to make that change. So I strongly recommend that you check out Rooted in Retail. They are rooted for your success. Now, on to our show. Welcome to Main Street Matters by Heart on Main Street, the podcast that's dedicated to helping the independent retail community by sharing their stories and providing tips on how to grow your business and thrive within your local community. I am your host, Patrick Kaiser. A couple things before we get going. If you'd like to support this show or the organization Heart on Main Street, you can go to heartonmainstreet.org. As I've mentioned in the last few episodes, we are working on providing you all with some Heart on Main Street merchandise that you'll be able to purchase through our website. I've seen the designs, I've seen what we've been working on. They're really great. We'll have a couple different options for you. I'm really excited to bring them to you. I think we're still looking at a December-ish launch date for those. So Christmas holiday gifts for those in your life that want to be part of the Main Street movement and promote shopping locally, you know, it's a, it's a good idea. But if you don't care about a t-shirt, coffee mug, or other branded items, you can support our organization by registering for our webinars, checking out our Friends of Main Street Network, which is a network of companies that specialize in providing services to independent retailers, or you can make a donation to our website at heartonmainstreet.org. All donations are tax deductible as we are a 501c3, and I'll write you a nice little thank you note because I really do appreciate your support. Lastly, before we get to our main topics, uh, I'd love to interview some more retailers. Part of our concept of the Main Street Monday events, which you can follow along on Instagram and Facebook every Monday by following Heart on Main Street, was that I'd be able to interview retailers while in these towns. As I've said before, really good in theory, but it's a much more difficult in practice. Retailers have to run their stores. Uh, there's more time constraints unless they have a staff that can do that for them. But staff is limited these days and good help is in short supply. So if you're a retailer and you'd like to do an interview on this podcast where we talk about your journey into retail ownership and the things that you've learned as an owner, I'd love to speak with, to you, whether or not I've visited your town during Main Street Monday or not. You can send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. My email is contact at heartonmainstreet.org. Today's episode is going to have two major parts in it. This past Tuesday was Giving Tuesday. A quick thanks to all who donated to Heart on Main Street on Giving Tuesday. We raised over $2,200, which is phenomenal for a one-day fundraising event. But we didn't want to just ask for money on Giving Tuesday. We also made it our own day of giving. We made three donations to retailers who have been impacted by natural disasters. So I will talk some about those donations, and you'll hear from some of those retailers. 
we're also going to talk about the next community that we visited during our Main Street Monday tour, which was Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. As always, let me know if you'd like your community to be, to be featured in a Main Street Monday. You can email me at contact at heartonmainstreet.org. I have a growing list of communities that I've been invited to, which is really, really exciting. Some places are easier for me to get to than others, but I do have plans to get to all that I've asked. So let's start with our day of giving extravaganza, as I've been calling it. This was so much fun. As we were planning our Give, uh, Giving Tuesday fundraising campaign, we thought that we really should also be giving out on this day and not just taking in. And we had three retailers with three separate concepts lined up. The first retailer that we wanted to donate to was the owner of the Islander in Fort Myers Beach, Anita Saraceda. Anita owned three stores in Fort Myers Beach prior to Hurricane Ian in September of 2022. Two of those stores existed on land that could not be rebuilt on due to the storm's devastation. The shoreline changed so dramatically that you can't build on it anymore. Her third store was semi-protected by some high-rises. However, that store was really torn down to the studs. She lost everything in this storm. Her stores, her home, most of her possessions, really everything. And with insurance costs for flood damage being what they are, she, like most people in Florida, just didn't have it. So this is where we get into some pretty stupid, if I say, semantics from the insurance companies. There was wind that knocked off the roof of the store, and rain came in through the now open roof. Those things would be covered. But then there was a 12-foot storm surge that came into the store, and when it receded, it then took everything inside with it. That, because it's a flood, was not covered. I'll give you one guess as to what the insurance company said that the damage in her store was from. And it wasn't the wind and the rain. So Anita was left to her own devices to rebuild her store and start over. So many people and businesses were caught in this exact situation. But the community really responded with strength. Here's Anita talking about the power of community and what this has meant to her since the storm. You know, I, I had three businesses in a house on Fort Myers Beach. Two of my businesses were just completely obliterated is the only word you could use. I mean, there's, there was nothing at all to recover. Um, my house, there were some things to recover, which we're actually going through now because I'm good, great news, getting ready, planning to move back into my house in the next couple of weeks. Yay! So that's very, very exciting. And I'm hoping that we're going to start our store maybe January. Maybe we'll start getting, that's it's the best news I'm hearing right now, but nothing concrete yet. But that seems like it might be a little light at the end of the tunnel. But the past year has been filled with a whole heck of a lot of waiting, uh, which is something that I am horrible at. Horrible, horrible, horrible. I don't like waiting for a doctor's appointment. I don't like waiting in line at Publix. I don't like waiting. And I usually create trouble for myself. I haven't created too much this year, but I probably have created some. Um, but it's it's just, I'll tell you, there have been a lot of silver linings to this year, Patrick. And I think I shared some of this when we were at the um, 
at the Coastal Connections yeah, conference, which was yeah. really wonderful. Yeah, it really was. I'd encourage any retailers who might hear this to to attend next year because I learned a lot and met a lot of great people. But um, uh, I try to focus on the silver linings because uh, the loss and devastation is just too even more than a year out is too intense to contemplate because uh, it wasn't just my loss. It was my community's loss. Yep. And everybody, I mean, you know, an island community is very close knit, very small. You know, it's very Mayberry-esque in that everybody knows what you're doing and, yep. and um, they know how your business is doing. They patronize us. I mean, it's, you know, it's the whole Main Street story. You're a huge so, fixture of that. I mean, having three stores there absolutely. and, yeah. And since 1985, yeah. since 1985. Yeah. So, the reach, the silver lining was the reach out from customers, um, sales reps, people who own companies that I've dealt with, who've reached out to me over the last year. The support has just been extraordinary, mind-blowing. It makes you know, it made me know that I was doing something right and that there was hope to begin anew. Yeah. And um so that has probably been the biggest silver lining to all of this is that support. And of course, from my community, good Lord. I mean, on a daily basis, somebody will send me a message with a picture. Thanksgiving was all about people saying, look, Anita, do you remember when you had these at local color or you had this at the island or whatever, or got this dress on that I bought at the pier peddler? So look, that just choked me up. Yeah. So many pictures like that. Um, that uh, the folks sent me over the holiday, and um, it was just really, really touching. What light up? Oh yeah, my sister saying generations because it really is. So interestingly enough, I have um, well, I won't say their names because I, you know, but I have someone who is. Um, we've got these beautiful blankets that um, you know everyone always loves, and we're selling. And um, and this this gal ordered four of them. Well, she happens to be the granddaughter of one of our customers, and wow. and I knew her from when she was a baby. Well, what was weird is that is like my sister and I are going through these boxes. I came across old campaign stuff from most sometime when I ran for something. And her grandmother was my treasurer. So oh I'd gosh. just been talking about her. And then I looked at this and it's just that connectivity. Um, you know, we talked about this at that conference, but that connectivity in my life is something that I treasure more than anything, whether it's, you know, to friends, new friends like you, Patrick, or, or customers that turned into friends over the last 38 years. Uh, it's, this last year has taught me, um, if I didn't know before, which I thought I did, uh, it's really shown me the value of that. Yeah. I mean, wow. I'm standing today because of it. And it this hurricane was proof positive how big my circle is, not just for me, but for folks who I helped find places to live or, you know, what whatever something was that was needed. I just felt like, you know, we didn't have to reach too far to find it. Back in April, Heart on Main Street had made a monetary donation to help Anita through this difficult time, and as she said, she's close to getting back. When we spoke to her on Giving Tuesday, she was actually packing up her belongings with her sister from the place that she had been staying temporarily. 
and getting ready to move back into her home again. She's going to receive the keys to her store in January, they say, and she'll likely be opening up sometime in April. But now some of the real work begins. She will need to design her store again, paint the walls, furnish it with displays and merchandise and all of the other things that go into a store opening. This is where we saw that Hardin Main Street could help the Islander out. We used our connections with wholesale vendors and reached out to companies on her behalf. We talked about her situation and asked if they would be willing to donate essentially a, a coupon code or a voucher for Anita to purchase new products for her store so that wouldn't be an additional expense that she has to undertake. And the response was tremendous. We've coined this our Jumpstart program to help retailers get some products into their store and make money off of them at little to no expense. Here's part of that donation. I know that as you're getting your store up and running, that there's many things that will go into costs that going into the store, but then there's also the cost of filling up your store again. So Hard on Main Street, we have been working on your behalf of contacting vendors and being able to see if they can provide some credit for you to be able to purchase product and get things back into your store. So that's not another cost on top of getting your store up and running. So- Holy cow! $5,000 from Creative Brands, $5,000 from Elsie and Zoe, $500 from Greenleaf Gifts, $5,000 from Jane Marie, $5,000 from Mud Pie, a 50% off your first order from Primitives by Kathy, $800 from Stife, and $2,500 from Tag. So that will be... And hopefully I did my math correctly, but $23,800 wholesale. So buying from their wholesale website or purchasing through your local sales rep from that company and a 50% off a of first order. So that can be really however much you want it to be. Um, get product back into your store, not another cost. Be able to get some, get make some money and be able to uh, get your store off, off with a bang again. So. Holy camoly. I, you know, Patrick, uh, this here's another silver lining. I mean, you know, some, some of those vendors I've, I've never even dealt with. And that was, yes, they, Isn't they heard about amazing? your story. We told, oh we went out and talked gosh. about your story, who you are as a person, as a retailer. Um, they said they wanted to help. Oh, Patrick, thank you so much. You know, you've been like this guardian angel and all these people that are helping you and your mission with Main Street. Uh, you talk about a guardian angel. That's so extraordinary. Oh, I'm very, very That's grateful. I'm oh, very grateful. Goodness. Very grateful. Absolutely. My sister is saying, well, those are the kind of people you want to do business with. For sure. For sure. <laughs> because their heart's in the right place, right? They are. And, and, and this yeah. business that we do is all about relationships. It's just all it, about relationships. It really, really is. And sure. they're, again, their heart is in the right place. They and heard your story. Some of them oh. are have been vendors that you've worked with in the past that knew. Yes, knew they you. are. And others said, you know, I just, I just want to help. And so, um, <sighs> saw their wow. store. I think, I think we would fit well there and just, you know, really want to, want to help benefit you. So. Oh, Patrick, thank you so much. We're so thankful for all of the aid that we've been able to provide for Anita and the Islander. She is such an important part of our community. 
She's a person that just about everybody knows and respects and roots for. When I was flying down to Fort Myers Beach to participate in an event to raise money for our next donation, I met some people in the airport completely by happenstance. They were trying to figure out how to use those wireless chargers on the chairs in the waiting area of the terminal. You know, the ones where you have to place it exactly right or they don't work. I lent them a hand and we started to talk. And that conversation led to what all still needs to be done in the Fort Myers Beach area. The woman I was speaking to mentioned that her friend owned three stores that were all demolished along with her house. Immediately my spidey senses tingled. I know that story. I asked if she was referring to Anita, and of course she was. Turns out she knew about our previous donation to Anita and remembered seeing my picture on social media. You know, Tight-knit communities work that way. She asked what I was headed back to Fort Myers Beach for, and I told her that I was involved in Tuniskin Aquatic Apparel's Grouper Grapple event, and that we'd be raising money for the business Erickson & Jensen in Fort Myers Beach. At this point, her husband then turned around, who was at the time still messing with his phone, still trying to get it to charge. He piped in about how much he loved Erickson & Jensen and the amazing seafood, and how just the, the great quality of it there. Erickson & Jensen is another company that was severely impacted by Hurricane Ian, and they're still experiencing the storm's effects. I'll let Grant and Anna Erickson tell you about their past year. Well, it's, it's been a year like uh, no year that we've ever experienced in our life. Uh, Hurricane Ian just put, you know, such a, a devastation uh it took most all of our boats out of the water, put them up on land. Uh, it's been a real uh, effort that to get the boats back in the water, which we have uh, got them back in, and we are functional now. We've got we started with eleven boats before the storm, and we lost uh, three boats. And these are these are seventy five foot, uh, you know, shrimp trawlers. Right. So we 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 lost three of them, and we've got five of them working, and we've got three that are we are still working on. Okay. And the the plight of the shrimp industry right now is shrimp boats are not very profitable because there's so much imported shrimp, farm raised shrimp, that is choking the market. It's holding prices down so low. And the price of diesel fuel has been so high lately, it's just very hard to make a problem, profit. Now, we expect things to get better, you know, eventually. And we've been through these type things before. But this, this hurricane has just been, I mean, it really took us out of business. It destroyed the docks, which are key to not only uh, used by our own boats, but they're used by boats uh, around the, the whole Gulf of Mexico come in and join us and, you know, harvesting these, these beautiful pink shrimp that we work on in, these, in this area. So uh, I have got our docks uh, and we're only one part of the, the total docks that are here. There's about a, a thousand uh, running feet of dockage and we're just 400 of that. But First thing we jumped on was getting the docks built back, which we do have that done. And uh, so we can now park the boats that 
that have been put back into the water. So we're we're getting there, but it's still quite an effort. And in the meantime, uh, we're spending monies that were designated for other things. And we're basically just trying not to go broke, you know, because there's just so much financial need and there's there's just never enough money to, you know, to do all of it. And we've still got so far to go. I'm sorry to hear that. And then you know, it sounds like docks are getting back open. And I mean, Erickson and Jensen was really one of the pioneer groups of the, the pink shrimp in, in Fort Myers Beach area, correct? Is that? Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Yes, you all. Anna's great grandfather, my grandfather. Uh, you know, we were here at the beginning when they first, you know, discovered pink shrimp uh, on this part of the world. Oh, so yeah, it helped, all... it helped create Fort Myers Beach and what it is to the public these days. So, you know, we don't want to leave, and we want to stay yeah. part of everything as the public has shown they also would love and and we are so heartfelt over that and and we can see that people do really care so it keeps us in a positive mindset it helps us put one foot in front of the other every single day and um and you know every day is better as far as building the dock back and what have you uh the the price of shrimp is definitely making things tough as far as keeping that rolling but we're hoping that with education into uh, things like social media and what have you, seeing what is happening to the market and knowing that if you are to go to a local dock, you're going to get that that fresh seafood. You're going to get uh, that seafood that tastes the best and what the, the public does deserve, that it will change the understanding. And then those markets that are so saturated with the shrimp that, you know, doesn't compare to ours and shouldn't be compared to ours understanding that will help build us up and hopefully raise the price of those shrimp. I know that you all are so well respected and the people of Fort Myers Beach love love you all. I when I was flying down for the grouper grapple event, uh, I was talking to people in the airport about um, that we were raising money for Erickson and Jensen and they just uh, one lady in particular just started raving about you all and how much they love you and that you are just such a part of the community. And um, so, you know, really it's, it's so important to be able to help out small businesses like yours and make sure that you can remain a, a fixture within the community. So it has been heartwarming to see the support. I didn't realize how, how well liked we were, you know, <laughs> before this uh, tragedy has happened, but we, we really appreciate everybody, you know, reaching out and helping us because it's been a, it's, it's, it is a tremendous effort. And uh, it's it, been an all hands on deck situation absolutely. as most of Fort Myers Beach could understand. It's heartwarming. Erickson & Jensen is an 100-year-old company that's facing significant challenges due to the effects of Hurricane Ian. It's easy sometimes to think of the effects of an event like this lasting a month or two, and then the world goes back to normal. But this isn't the case. I was in Fort Myers Beach in April and July of this year, and I was guilty of this too. I was blown away by how much need existed when I first arrived in April. It had been seven months since the storm, after all. But when I came back almost three months later, I figured there had to have been significant improvements, right? The boats that were thrown onto land would have to have been removed. 
it would be apparent that construction is going on and buildings are being built, maybe not 100%, but I'd definitely be able to see the framework of normalcy, right? There is so much need, it's almost like, where do you start? And this isn't to say that there hasn't been significant improvements made. Construction is in such demand that they cannot get to everything, which is also causing the price of construction materials and projects to increase. So even if insurance was covering parts, then they aren't covering as much as they had been before the influx of this demand. I have once again sidetracked myself. Companies like Ericsson and Jensen, legacy companies to the community, are at risk of going out of business unless they receive aid. Thankfully, we were able to partner with the Grouper Grapple event this year as they focused on raising money for local businesses in Fort Myers Beach. Let's hear from Ben Duval of Tuniskin Aquatic Apparel, who hosts the Grouper Grapple, about their involvement in the community and selecting Ericsson and Jensen as their recipient. So the Grouper Grapple with um, Florida Structural Group and Tuniskan Aquatic Apparel, we partnered 10 years ago. So we this past year was our 10-year anniversary for the Grouper Grapple. And um, it, it really started out as we want to we wanna do a fishing tournament that benefits, you know, veterans and can benefit locally and everything. And um, especially this past year, we said, how do we, how do we, how do we use what we have to really reach out and help out the community because everyone who was who originated the group of grapple both with Florida Structural Group and Tuniskan Aquatic Apparel they all live on the beach or they work on the beach or they're in Fort Myers so it's it's impacting um you know it kind of hits close to home with everybody who's there so what do we do what can what can we do to to kind of help out so we we obviously this year we wanted to get together and go locally, keep everything locally. And we thought what better way to do it than helping out the local fishing industry and the shrimp industry, which uh, like you said, is, you know, you guys were the first ones to bring the pink shrimp industry to this, to this region and to this area. And so it was, it was kind of a, an easy decision. Um, and we, we do this once a year to kind of benefit um, local veterans and veterans organizations. And like I said, this past year, we did um, local benefiting local companies and businesses. And it's really, it's really amazing, especially with Fort Myers Beach, like, like you guys had mentioned, the, when the hurricane hit, the community came together and, uh, you know, everybody, everybody helped out everybody, everybody supported everybody, whether it was immediately with water and food and transportation or long-term with some people didn't have clothes. Some people lost everything and they just had enough time to get out of the area and make sure that they were safe and their family was safe and their pets were safe. So, you know, any, any way that we could help out. And this, this really worked out for us and worked out for everybody else that, that we could bring some light to a local industry that, um, you know, it's you guys had said at Erickson Jensen that that you didn't know how well you were loved. Um, and and our hope was that we brought some of that love to you guys and, and shed some light on what was happening with the area and made sure that that people visiting and people um, vacationing there knew that it was 
not just a beach, but it was a community. And, and there's a lot of aspects that go into making a community and making the community work and thrive. And a industry such as the seafood industry and the pink shrimp industry is definitely one of those. Together, we raised $10,000 for Ericsson & Jensen. Hopefully this is a donation that can help them get through these troubled times and allow them to continue to serve Fort Myers Beach for another 100 years. For our third donation, we left the state of Florida and went to com the complete opposite side of the United States. We did these all virtually, so no travel was really involved. But we went to Lahaina, Hawaii. Lahaina made a lot of news this August when wildfires tore through their downtown community and burned down shops, homes, and a great portion of the small businesses there. One of those retailers was named Jasmine Witt. Jasmine owned, owns three retail locations and is a hardworking single mother of two, one of them a newborn, who just lost her means of income. She opened her first gift shop at Wit's End in 2009 and had it operational until August 8th, 2023, when the wildfires hit. She had three gift shops. One in downtown Lahaina on Front Street was the most profitable. The fire destroyed that shop, and insurance only paid $5,000 total. I know I have a little theme going on today with insurance companies, but honestly, I'm upset for these retailers that they get little to no help from the institutions that are supposed to be there for them. Only one of her other shops is open part-time. The other might never open again. This was a story that pulled at the heartstrings. A community devastated, a hard-working single mother losing her means of income. We wanted to know what we could do to help. We started a fundraiser to benefit Jasmine. We didn't know what all we'd be able to accomplish, but we put calls out on our social media and decided that a portion of our Giving Tuesday money would also go to At Wit's End. We were able to raise $2,500 to be able to donate. All of these were individual contributions, so no corporate donors. This was people that donated $20, $100, all to help a retailer that they've never met in a community thousands of miles away from where they live. It was truly inspiring. When we presented our donation, we talked about the community effort to help each other, how the people of Lahaina have rallied together, and how even tourists have made sure to support local businesses in the area because they know what an impact that makes. Here's Jasmine talking about those efforts. Unfortunately, the one store was on Front Street, which is kind of like, you know, the strip of our town. It's the heart of Lahaina is Front Street. So. Yeah. You know, and the, the loss of the town is just, you know, like it's something missing, you know, for, yeah. for the west side of Maui. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. You know, I know. People, even when we drive by it, you just almost can't believe it that that happened. <laughs> memories there and then you think about all the people that we know their shop was lost you know like so many i mean a lot of it goes so it's much more complicated at this point with the housing situation for just per people personally beyond you know um that 
people are really helpful and you, you can see the generosity of the whole world right yeah. coming together and saying like hey a lot of the people currently that you know the visitors that are making it out here are saying you know they they feel a really deep connection it's not just like the place that they visit they really feel like it's part of their home you know because they a lot of them are regular travelers here so it really yeah. breaks their heart they want to do whatever they can to you know volunteer try to be supportive especially even of our local businesses right so yeah. when they have come in they said you know oh we made a point you know we wanted to come and see how you guys were doing and you know try try to keep everything because you know there is there is a cost of living here you know yeah. people are more you know they're they're really asking they'll say like what is it your store you know yeah because nobody usually cares maybe they know but they want to know specifically that the money is staying within our community and it's not like you know a big chain store per se right right yeah, yeah that's a locally owned store and that there are they're so important communities where they visit from they know that you know that's important so a lot of them will have their own businesses and say hey you know back home we have a you know a dairy and we want to keep it local even while we're traveling so that's been nice to see yeah but everybody Good. coming together is beautiful that's like you know the true aloha spirit is coming out you know for the most that. part you, you see that like even even when it was really bad at the beginning you still it felt really bad but you knew that nobody was gonna forget about us you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah good in addition to our financial donation jasmine will also be entered into our jumpstart program in the new year we will reach out to vendors on her behalf and work on providing her with free or reduced cost products so she too can open up her store more easily. Now, a lot of the things that she does, she makes in her store. So we're gonna be finding out the different vendors that she works with, where she gets her products and reach out to those vendors specifically. Our day of giving was an extraordinary success. I am so thankful and appreciative to everyone who donated to our cause and supported Hard on Main Street. With these three retailers, we really tried to present different ways that they can be supported and helped during times of need. The Islander, which is close to reopening, received vouchers from vendors for products to be able to fill up her store. Erickson and Jensen received financial aid from a corporate fundraising event, and aid was provided to At Wit's End by individuals like you who reached out and wanted to help. So truly, Thank you so much for making a difference. If you'd like to still donate to our Giving Tuesday campaign, you of course can. You can go to either heartonmainstreet.org or givebutter.com slash novnov28. Both of those links will be in our show notes. For the second part of our episode today, I want to talk about the next community that I visited for our Main Street Monday tour, Lake Geneva. Lake Geneva is a beautiful town in southern Wisconsin that's typically known as a summer destination. I purposely wanted to wait until the tourist season was over before visiting, so I could A, have access to retailers and not bother them while their stores are packed, and B, see what the town is like during a down part of the year and what they do in response. There are few areas in Wisconsin that are as picturesque as Lake Geneva, with its scenic views, gorgeous lake, gorgeous lake homes, 
charming traditions and vibrant downtown area, it's easy to see why residents of Milwaukee, Madison, and Chicago all flock to this area to spend their summer months. As the town slogan says, life is good in Lake Geneva. However, unlike many summer destinations, Lake Geneva really doesn't slow down during the winter months. When I visited Lake Geneva for our Main Street Monday event, I was impressed by the variety of retail within the downtown area. There were gift shops, children's stores, men's and women's clothing stores, a candle bar, that's a candle making store that also serves alcohol while you create your fragrance, pretty fun. Furniture stores, artisan markets, outdoor recreation stores, touristy shops, and many other things that I didn't have the chance to see. And the tenure of the stores there are remarkable. There are the staples of the town that have been there for 40 or 50 years, but many other retailers I spoke with were closing in on 10 years within business. While in Lake Geneva, I wanted to talk to retailers and community organizations about how they weathered the times when tourists weren't there. What are they doing to maintain a robust retail foundation during this off-season? I found that the town actively supports its downtown retailers during the winter months, creating a thriving winter wonderland that draws visitors and keeps the local economy alive. I spoke with the general manager of Clearwater Outdoor, Sean Payne, who's basically like the norm from Cheers of Lake Geneva. Everyone knows this guy. The store features all sorts of outdoor gear and apparel necessary for the lake life all year round. Sean lauded the town's business improvement district, the, the BID, for many of the events that they put on throughout the year to support businesses. The first weekend of November features the Lake Geneva Fall Wine Walk, which invites people to come downtown, drink wine, eat fall snacks, and visit various participating businesses along Main Street. I was there the week before that, so everyone was really kind of gearing up for the wine walk. The Chamber of Commerce, which is also called Visit Lake Geneva, has also launched several successful tourism ad campaigns. One recent one features former Green Bay Packer star and really kind of legend Donald Driver. And he was participating in many events all throughout the city, like visiting the zoo, the local magic show, shopping at the men's clothing store, Haberdapper, which the owner was so proud to be featured in this ad and participating in an event called Mail Jumping. Mail Jumping is where mail carriers travel by boat to houses, and the carrier will jump off the boat, run to the mailbox, deliver the mail, and jump back onto this still-moving boat. So it's a little kind of a timed thing, almost. There are some great outtake videos of Driver attempting to do this and diving back into the boat just to make it. By all accounts, these tourism ads have been very successful and much loved by the town. I also loved that they featured the store Haberdapper. Men's clothing stores are a rare breed. When you go to small towns, there is always women's clothing boutiques. Lake Geneva had seven of them on one block. But rarely are there men's clothing stores. We men don't shop in the same way women do. We don't typically spend money on new clothes or time shopping, but we still want to look nice. 
I think Lake Geneva just wanted to show the former football player with a mile-wide smile getting new clothes and looking good because Haberdapper really does have an excellent clothing selection and shopping within Lake Geneva. But unintentionally, they demonstrated that they have such a wide variety of retail that they even have things for men to buy too. This is a town that supports each other and supports the area. One store that was a great example of this was Queen Bee Artisan Market. This store features products made by artisans all across the state of Wisconsin. Over 50 artisans' products were featured in the store, even products made by employees who create their own lines. This was such a special store. I've said many times that independent retailers are so important to their communities because of the economic impact they have by hiring local people and buying from local artisans. This store was a perfect encapsulation of that. They hire local people who also create their own local products, are their own local artisans. And the store manager took such pride in showing me around in the store and telling me about all the different lines they carry, telling me the story of the artisan and why they do different things and what the line really means. You could feel how much joy this store gave her. I just know that she speaks so glowingly about these artisans to all of the people that come into their store. During the holiday season, the BID draws people into the downtown through multiple events like a Christmas tree lighting ceremony and a holiday window display contest. Now, I hope the retailers watch the Hard on Main Street webinar about window decorating in preparation for that. Plus, Santa comes to visit and goes around to various retail locations every Thursday and spends time with little ones, which is a great way to get people into the downtown, but then also to get them to go to different stores and maybe go to one that they wouldn't have before, well, because Santa's there now today. Visit Lake Geneva and the BID also host a winter fest from the end of January to the beginning of February. So, I mean, all of these different events that are going on in this supposed off season. Winterfest includes so many things. In addition to live entertainment, bonfires on the beach, family-friendly winter activities, the week-long event brings artists from around the country to compete for the National Snow Sculpting Championship. So that exists in Lake Geneva where they have big snow sculptures carved and created probably by chainsaws. So really a great event going on. Winterfest brings thousands of people into the downtown area to experience a different Lake Geneva than those summer tourists see. Despite Lake Geneva's reputation as a summer getaway, the town really has a thriving main street all year round, and this isn't by accident. There are institutions within the city that work hard to host events to bring people to, into the main street during the off season. Some of these events purposely encourage visitors to visit retail stores, while others get people into the downtown area knowing that once they're there, they will be drawn into the dozens of retail locations. Strategies like these create a strong retail presence and turn the destination location into an all-year shopping community. As the slogan says, life really is good in Lake Geneva. Now, we've gone on to visit more towns and communities, and I'm excited to share stories of those with you. 
However, next week, we're going to have a recording of our most recent webinar. This was a fantastic conversation with the founder of the design and branding company Docs Designs, Kayla Pipeco. Kayla talked with us about some incredible ways to make sure your retail brand stands out, is more memorable, and really reflects your business. So I'm excited to share that with you. If you'd like to watch that webinar, you certainly can. You can go to heartonmainstreet.org education or just find it through our website at heartonmainstreet.org and watch it there. That does bring us to the end of our episode today. I hope you've enjoyed listening as much as I've enjoyed bringing this to you. This episode is written, produced, researched, and edited by me, Patrick Kaiser. If you'd like your town to be featured in a Main Street Monday, I would love to see where you live. You can send me an email at contact at heartonmainstreet.org. And remember to follow along every Monday on Instagram to follow our Main Street Monday adventures. Our Instagram tag is at heartonmainstreet, all one word. Take care, everybody, and I'll see you next time.